everyone, this is Georgiana with a new episode of Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. Today we'll be speaking about leadership and company culture with someone who works in the marketing environment. His name is Ilhan Zengin and he is the CEO of Show Heroes Group. Hi, welcome. Hey Georgiana, how's it going? I would like to ask you first, Ilhan, before we dive into the topic of company culture and leadership to tell me a little bit about what your company does and about your current role, maybe a little bit about your, your previous role as well. Yeah, sure. I mean, Show Heroes Group is um, the leading company in Europe, really, for digital video and advertising solutions for online publishers, also CTV, OTT mm -hmm. publishers, and brands and media buyers on the other side. So what we do is we provide media owners of technology and content and monetization mm -hmm. solutions, whereas on the other side, we connect them to potential buyers, um, like different advertisers, agencies, you know, tier mm -hmm. one brands out there who would like to advertise on those publishers' real estate. And we enable that real estate with video content that we produce, but also with contextual semantic targeting that we have developed in-house and we use to match the video content with relevant pieces of content articles. So we actually turn mm -hmm. written articles into video articles, if you will, and therefore okay. we create new video space for advertisers who want to do video advertising, such as on TV. That's basically what we do in a nutshell. But we have emerged to leading company in our space in Europe with more than 350 employees. I think it's going to be more than 600 before the end of this year. We have acquired a couple of companies over the last five years. So, um, uh, sorry, last two years, we acquired more than five companies and it's going to be more uh, to come in the future very soon. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, quite a long way in a short period of time. We are active more than 20 markets, more than 25 offices. We always have been mm -hmm. working very uh, decentralized even prior to COVID, something we can talk about in a sec as well. And yeah, I'm the founder, I'm the CEO of the company. Obviously I have a couple of co-founders and a senior exit management team that gets the work done next to me. And previously, before I started this company, as I said, around five years ago, I was also working in the media space for a company in Berlin, a startup called Plista back then that we sold to Group M slash WPP um, I think about eight years ago or something. And yeah, after that exit, uh, I was internationalizing that media product globally in Asia, the US, all over Europe. And at some point in time, I felt that it was time to turn back the clock again and start from the beginning mm -hmm. and obviously mm -hmm. apply all the learnings that I, I made along the way. Um, yeah, but focusing on the major trends that were you know, very obvious for me, like globally speaking, five years ago when we started Show Heroes Group. Yep. Um, but they're still very relevant today and those trends are video and contextual. And uh, here we are today, that's basically how the whole journey started. And since you were mentioning trends in marketing, but trends nonetheless, Let's talk a little bit about diversity and inclusion. You know, it's it's sort of been the keyword this beginning of the year and this past year, the past year as well. How important is diversity in strengthening the organizational culture for your company, but for any company in general? Um, I think it really has to do with how you interpret the term diversity. Mm -hmm. If you interpret diversity from a very, um, how to say that, 
I would say from a very narrow minded point of yeah. view, which would imply that diversity is reflected by different cultural backgrounds or different looks or different genders, right? Which could also, exactly. you know, be, be the case. Honestly, mm -hmm. I, I don't think that this is what you should be looking at. At least this is nothing I've ever looked at when I started this company. Like we never started the business and said, oh, like, and by the way, next to the product and the sales and the product market fit and the fundraising, we should think a lot about diversity. I mean, no, never had that in my mind because in the beginning, what you try to do is you need to try to survive, right? You need to try exactly. to build a business mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. can carry itself and which provides benefits and value to our customers and to the end users. So this is what's on your mind when you start a business. And honestly speaking, nothing else should be on your mind. However, if you interpret the term diversity um, in a way that I feel it should be you know, interpreted as, um, meaning you should try to bring a group of people together with a diverse skill set, right? Um, mm -hmm. All across the board, then obviously it's very important implicitly and if you then take a step back and you think about where would the diverse skills have come from, well, then you are basically, um, in the end of the day, also uh, you are going to include the um, more, um, how to say it, narrow-minded type of, of diversity, meaning that the more yeah. um, ethnics, the more different cultures, the more genders I have in my company, the more likely I'm going to get the diverse skill set, right? because people come with different experiences and backgrounds. So implicitly, I do feel it's automatically covered if you want to build a great and sustainable business. And I think this is also why we have built a rather diverse company until today, simply because you were looking at, you know, soft skills, but also quantifiable skills in order to provide the best product for the end user. And obviously also in order to provide the best working environment for our colleagues. And I think if you want to do that, mm -hmm automatically you are going to hit the diversity button at some point in time. Absolutely. And actually, I'm, I'm happy that you coined the term in this way, because quite a few of our guests recently have spoken of diversity in exactly the same way. And that that really makes me happy and hopeful that in companies in Germany, recruiters are not going to be as narrow minded as they sometimes are. So, yeah, fingers um, crossed. No, I, I, I mean, this is no, I'm, I'm honest. Uh, everything I say is uh, how I actually feel about that. And I could also brag and say that, you know, for me, it was important at the beginning to realize a quota of different, you know, yeah. cultural backgrounds mm -hmm. or genders. I never had that in my mind. And I, I'm also, honestly speaking, but also at some point in time led to a management board with, for instance, only men. So obviously I was asking myself, hmm, that's not necessarily what I would want, like from a personal perspective. And yeah. also, by the way, from a business perspective, because I, I'm 100% convinced that like, as I said, uh, diversity makes up for um, better quality in the short, mid and long run. So mm -hmm. when I was looking at the board and I was feeling like shit, like it's basically a lot of men, like where are all the women? Um, mm -hmm. And I was asking myself, like, how did that happen? And I realized that, and by, by the way, today we have, um, I think, a very diverse board, but it was um, a little different a few years ago. And it simply happened because there were no women applying for the job. What can I say? You know, this is basically mm -hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. And you don't have time to wait until, you know, you find someone who has like yeah, a different, doesn't make any sense. I mean, you need to do what you have to do in order to have the business forward. And if there's no one who is suitable, who has like, uh, you know, 
the female background, then you go with the men. That's it's not very diverse. It's not ideal, but at least you are surviving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How how much do you think leadership should be involved in in shaping the company culture and how much do you get involved personally i think leadership is very important i mean um and it also changes over time a little bit because when you start as a real startup the way we did it five years ago and you basically have like five employees and out of those five three are your co-founders including yourself mm-hmm. so you basically have only two employees and the other two are your co-founders and well when it's not really about leadership because what you do is um basically working like in all different departments as operational as possible mm-hmm. and that's what everybody is doing and everybody knows you, you know, everybody. So like you're hundred percent aligned as far as your mindset, your uh, company culture, like everything is concerned. Okay. The leadership, I think is something that is required to show other people that certain things are possible, how certain things could be done to inspire people, to give people hope to, as I said, give people passion, like all those things, yeah. give them direction and guidance. Right. If you have five people and the other three are uh, two are co-founders, like there's no need for that. I mean, ideally, everybody knows each other and we go into the same direction anyway. Ideally, like the bigger the company gets, the more important it is that there is leadership inside of the company. And yes, I mean, as the CEO, of course, you per definition are the number one leader because this is your job as a CEO. I mean, you are the representative of a company. You talk to investors, you talk to the media. You do podcasts, you do marketing, you do PR, but you also sell the product on all different stages and all different layers and levels. So if if you cannot lead the company, who can, right? I mean, this is something you have to be aware of and you have to be comfortable with. Otherwise, um, it's not the right job for you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I consider myself as the best possible leader for all different scenarios. I do feel that there is a lot of different, you know, layers or a lot of different um yeah aspects of of leadership especially in a big internationally working company scale up really like ours we do have a lot of leaders in our company today right i mean a lot of leaders in different fields we have different hierarchies from a svp to a vp to a global director to an head and and a team lead level and those guys are all leaders in their respective departments with their respective qualities and cultures and teams and so on and so forth and i think that is that is crucial because if you don't have that you cannot scale you cannot scale and especially not if you want to scale all across the globe as we are doing it and for me the most important part of course is that we have like regular, for instance, global check-ins, like a town hall slash all hands meeting once a month. And this mm-hmm. is where I try to get virtually in front of everybody. And this is like my major touch point with the company nice. as a company as a whole, right? But obviously I do have regular check-ins of all the other leaders in the pyramid. And I try to make sure that we are all aligned as far as our you know, company values, as far as our you know, guiding principles are concerned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now switching a little bit to the context of, of marketing, but still sticking to employer branding. I'm wondering, is there a way video can become super impro- important when it comes to employer branding or shaping a company culture? How has it been for you guys since you are working with video, so to say, all the time? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I do feel that it 
especially for big corporate, it become it's becoming more and more important, especially doing you know processes that can be standardized, um, mm -hmm. like onboardings, for instance. So the biggest change, I mean, first of all, you have to understand like we are a video company, uh, but doesn't necessarily mean that we are using you know videos to communicate with each other all the time. I mean, other than you know obviously video chat, right? So obviously. <laughs> video chat and conferencing is, is number one is key. Without that, the business wouldn't exist. I mean, honestly not, especially now in times of post-COVID or during COVID. But for us, even pre-COVID, I mean, as I said, we are a company with um, more than um, 25 offices and more than 20 markets. It's just, we have to communicate every single day. And I'm living in Berlin. Our headquarters are in Berlin, but that's by far not the biggest office. And I'm not at the office too often. Um, simply because A, we are running out of space, but B, mm -hmm. also because most people I'm working with are not in Berlin. So it doesn't really make a difference whether I'm sitting at the office or at home because I have to mm -hmm. go video conferencing with them all the time, all uh, anyways. And, and mm -hmm. that has been like that from day one, kind of. So video conferencing, very important. Secondly, um, videos for onboarding, very important. Recording videos, um, explaining, you know, how the company works, how the different departments are working, having deep dives for respective, uh, for particular um, onboardings for, I don't know, like like certain departments obviously will require like different uh, information and knowledge as a foundation compared to others, right? So there's generic stuff, there is more specific stuff. And, and that is really standardized. So for instance, as a learning, in the beginning, what we did is we had like a more or less standardized onboarding with department leads uh, mm -hmm. for everybody. Mm -hmm. But then as the company was growing so exponentially, basically that would have required uh, so much additional um, you know, time um, from those department leads to basically onboard new people all the time, but we really understood that this is not scalable. So we came up with a lot of videos that we produced ourselves, since this is what we are also good at, or we recorded to actually have standardized digital onboarding sessions that are available um, on demand, right? So everybody can basically, during the onboarding process, go through the generic and even some more deep diving and um, onboarding procedures without having to um, yeah, consume someone else's um, time too much. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's just one example where video, I, I do feel is very important also for internal communication. Whenever you want to standardize stuff that you don't want to write down, but you think, okay, you could actually add more value, more information to the mix when you record it, because you will add also the voiceover and you will add like different visual layers if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You were mentioning at some point that you're in, in video conferences with your colleagues all the time. Does this mean that you guys only work remotely or is it a hybrid model? How do you stay engaged when some people are remote and some are in the office? Yeah, I guess. That's the, 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 the no, I mean, I mean, I mean the def, definitely um, I was just like thinking because I think the worst case scenario actually is if it's um, a mix, for instance, you have a video call with where, um, and that happens all the time with us actually, where like five people or six or seven or eight are behind one screen in one office and five are on separate screens. That creates a weird vibe because five are sitting together, but they're mm -hmm. on the same call. They act as one basically, whereas the other five, they are like in different places. And and, and stuff like that actually, right. I, I, I'll think is, um, 
it has a lot to do with meeting culture and with learning process. You have to, you know, go through, you have to have guidelines to understand how meetings are usually conducted, how to act, to behave, how to structure yourself, how to take notes, how to store them and so on and so forth. But generally speaking, to answer your question, um, do we have a hybrid model? Yes, we were, yes, we, for sure we do, because um, our principles very much differ from market to market. Like in Italy, for instance, I do feel that most of our colleagues are going to the office all the time now, but they, they couldn't go for almost a year or even two years because especially in our Milan office, like because of COVID, it was basically um, yeah prohibited. Like they weren't allowed to go. Whereas here in Germany, they could basically go all the time. Of course, they were going like with um, reduced capacity and we had to make sure that you have enough space and, you know, the hygiene means and measures are all in place, but like they could, they could always go if they really wanted to, right? So it is really different from country to country. Like in some countries we had lockdown, like in Latvia we had lockdown, whereas at some point in, in the Netherlands, everybody was at the office. So we have like, as I said, physical offices with a lot of people in basically all major cities all over Europe and also in Latin America and the US. So it really differs. We don't have this global um, principle that says, okay, we are remote or we're not remote. We really play by the rules, obviously, of every local jurisdiction and legislation. That's one. And then number two really is we also play by what um, you know our colleagues want for themselves and what has proven to be uh, just a suitable model, really. I mean, giving out guidelines saying that, oh, like you always have to come like three days a week or two days a week or stuff like that. Maybe it will come at some point in time, but for the time being, especially here in Germany, um, we are very flexible. And I do feel it has a lot to do with, again, company culture and trust and the way this company has been managed from day one, that was never turned out to be a problem for us. Like we are a diverse company in terms of um, people working at Show Heroes Group, but we are also a diverse company in terms of where everybody is working from. And we are um, yeah, very inclusive in terms of, you know, how we carry ourselves as being like one family and, and as practicing one culture as a company. So um, for us, it has never been a problem. Hopefully it's not a problem for other companies either. Uh, yeah, but and therefore we are hybrid, but we are very flexible. I, um, I checked your, of course, your LinkedIn profile before inviting you to this podcast. And I saw that even the company you are running has a very, very strong presence on LinkedIn. So I imagine that you use it for your employer branding efforts as well. Would you say this is the number one channel for you at Show Heroes Group? Are there others that you think are good or useful when developing mm -hmm. yeah. a brand? Um, there are other channels. Also, differs market per market. Like in some markets, there are like uh, those employer branding, corporate culture platforms where you can, I forgot the name, Welcome to the Jungle or something. There's one in France, for instance. I just... I just got to know that like a few days ago because our French team was basically uploading their profile or our profile to their platform, which um, I found actually interesting. Um, so we don't have that in Germany, I think, but there is different platforms. So it depends on the market level, I guess. Uh, globally speaking, for sure, LinkedIn is the number one business network. I mean, definitely. And employer branding on LinkedIn um, is a thing. 
Um, I'm not necessarily saying that doing paid media on LinkedIn for recruiting is necessarily uh, worth it all the time, cost benefit. But mm -hmm. I'm also the one guy to ask you, I mean, I'm not overseeing that part of the business. I just know that we don't get, I'm very sure that we, that we don't get the majority of our recruiting leads that are actually, you know, converting into future employees from LinkedIn. I don't think so. So platform wise, I mean, if it comes to, for, um, to job hunting, we use mm -hmm. all the usual suspects. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, period. I also do think that it depends a little bit on the position, what you're looking for. I think the more senior it gets, the less, um, you know, platforms you need and the more you would go through actually in your network. And, and the more junior it gets, actually, I think you could actually go on social media, right? And, and mm -hmm. do Instagram or TikTok right. or whatever, if you want yeah. to have an, an intern or a junior. So it kind of depends what type of profile you're looking for. Uh, but employer branding on LinkedIn is, is for sure a thing. I mean, we do LinkedIn a lot um, for employer branding, but also for, for business branding, for corporate branding, right? So just the industry knows that we are, we are out there, what services are we providing and offering? And for that, I also must honestly say, I'm happy that a platform like LinkedIn does exist because if it wasn't existing, like where else would you exchange exactly. that type of information? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think it is important to have one or two platforms out there for business purposes, where you can post stuff like webinars or um, cases you did or new customer relations or interviews or podcasts or articles. I mean. It is also interesting, I must admit. I mean, I'm not just doing that because uh, we think we have to as a marketing channel. Of course, that's part of it. But also personally, I think it definitely has, has um, how to say that, like, th th there, is a, it, there is a reason why it does exist and people like mm -hmm. it for the most part. For sure. Um, Ilhan, we're sort of approaching this this episode. And so I'd like to know if there is something that's, really helped you along the way you know i ask my guests if they can recommend a book or i don't know a support group of some point of some sort but what what do you feel has helped you get where you are it can be someone else a group of people whatever so related to to what topic i mean just generally speaking in general yeah in general not necessarily employer branding what do you feel has helped you stay strong at all times or stay motivated because for sure it's it's difficult to to be motivated and involved 100% as a CEO whenever there are so many people involved? What do you feel mm -hmm. is really helpful to you? Yeah, I mean, I have, I have heard that question, uh, you know, asked in, in, in different different ways and nuances in the past, but what I'm always saying, and I, I think that, that definitely, you know, helps true for myself is, um, there's nothing in particular, like no, no group of people, no book, no nothing. I think it's, um, what has helped me is really my, uh, it, it sounds maybe, maybe it doesn't necessarily sound very, um, how to say that, like empathic or something like that, but it's really like my personal, um, um, it's just, you know, it, it annoys me a lot to not get um, to the point where I, I want to be, like generally speaking. Like whenever mm -hmm. I have the feeling that something is holding you back or preventing you from reaching your goals, whatever that may be in yeah. life, like generally speaking, this is something that pisses me off big time, like as a person, like I just cannot stand it. And like, like this type of, you know, mindset 
really uh, really has helped me and is still helping me to to reach where i i want to be at and that's really about it so all the setbacks mm -hmm. and there have been major setbacks all the problems sure. issues and challenges that we have been facing in the past and that we are still facing today i think you know overcoming them is um is a decision that you make um it, it's a it's an attitude it's kind of your mindset and this mm -hmm. is something i i had since i was born so it's not always a good thing because it can also put a lot of weight on your shoulders because you you can never really chill and lay idle and rest with that but it really helps you to push through if, if you know push comes to shove and uh, i never read any books or talked to to anyone to actually get to that point i mean this is just who i am so that's that's, I, that's it's not a, a recommendation. Sorry, it's not nothing I can recommend you <laughs> to try out. But maybe uh, indirectly, maybe yeah. indirectly, it's a recommendation yeah. to focus on your mindset and develop the drive necessary, regardless of the setbacks you encounter. Because I'm sure all of us do, and we've all thought of quitting. Many yeah, times. for sure, for sure. I mean, like if you want a recommendation, yes, but it, it, it sounds very cheap and pathetic and cliche. But hey, I mean, I I honestly believe that it's true. In the end, it's it's a question of uh, how deep can you dig and how convinced yeah. can you be of yourself and your ideas. And right. if you can be very convinced and if you can dig very deeply, then at some point in time you're going to succeed. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually very motivational, as a matter of fact. This was a lot of fun, a lot of useful takeaways. Thank you so much for, for talking to me today. And I wish you all the best in growing the company even even further. Thank you so much, Adriana. Likewise. See you. Talk bye soon. Bye-bye. This was Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. You can find our podcasts on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and content on employer branding-related themes on employerbranding.tech. Until the next time, stay tuned. Bye.